What was the Reformation? And could it be happening again right now, today? My name is Eric Hoven. I'm the president of Creation Today. We're an organization, a nonprofit that helps you clarify and simplify the confusion between science and scripture so that you can know why you were created and you can live out your true purpose in life. Uh, I want to let you in on something. I just experienced a divine appointment and I want to let you be a part of it. I was sitting down to record this introduction right here when my friend, Evangelist Adam Field from Commission.us stepped into my office. He's actually from Ireland. And as you can see, I've got a little Irish in me with this uh, very, very red beard. It kind of stands out. Well, we started talking about the Reformation. And as he spoke, I paused him and I said, stop. I got to get this on camera. I pulled out my cell phone and I asked him this question. What was the Reformation? On October 31st, Martin Luther in 1517 wrote out 95 theses to expose the, the faults of the Roman Catholic Church. His intention was not to start a revolution against the Roman Catholic Church, but to reform the Roman Catholic Church. Unfortunately, a lot of Roman Catholics look at Protestants as revolutionaries. When Martin Luther himself was not a revolutionary, he was a reformer. He genuinely felt with the conviction from God to reform the church in his generation. But unfortunately, when he went with scripture to show them the error of the church, rather than them repenting or being convinced by scripture that he was right, they wanted to hold on to their old heresy truths because his, their old her heresy truths like indulgences and penance were building that their infrastructure, were, were supporting financially their endeavors and they didn't want to hear truth at that day. All they wanted to do was establish buildings and advance their, their religious agenda. But Martin Luther was under conviction that the scripture is how the church should be established and so he with a conviction held the church accountable in his generation to scripture and friends he did it with a sincere heart and unfortunately they persecuted him they persecuted those that would uphold scripture more than the teachings of the pope or the church of his day and friends we need a reformation in the generation that we are living in we are in desperate need of a reformation not a re revolution but a reformation because we're living in a generation too where the church has just become a building, where, where church has just become a time to sing songs and listen to a message. Instead of it being a place of conviction for obedience to the Great Commission and evangelizing souls that souls would be saved, we've become consumers and we're just going to get our uh, senses uh, touched, we're getting our intellect scratched, but we're not being called to obedience. And right now there are thousands and millions of people that have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and the reformation that's needed today is a reformation of, of evangelism, evangelism coming back to the church of Jesus Christ making us realize why we are here. Martin Luther did it in his generation and we need to do it in our generation. Listen, Satan has crept into the church. And we need men and women today that will lovingly speak the truth 
to this generation and to today's church. One of the men doing that right now is my friend Joe Owen. He is the Answers in Genesis representative to Latin America, and he is telling me that what's happening, or what did happen 500 years ago in Germany, the Protestant Reformation, is actually taking place right now in Latin America. People are beginning to look at the Word of God themselves and find out how it compares to what they're seeing in church today. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you, Eric. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, Joe, what do you think you're most thankful for? Uh, God's grace in Christ, number one. Um, God's grace in Christ in, in our lives and uh, God's provision uh, for, my, for me and my, for my family and I, uh, especially uh, living in a, in a different country with different realities down here. Um, and God's grace in Christ is sufficient. Amen to that. You know, as guys, as we set aside time to be thankful and to think of things to be thankful for, I need you to hear something that I am incredibly thankful for, and it's for the man that I'm talking to. It's, it's Joe Owen and the work that's being done in Latin America. And the, the conversation you're about to hear, based on our conversations in the past, you're going to find yourself incredibly thankful and incredibly motivated to help and to do something for the Latin American community. It's huge. Uh, Latin Americans, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, are we somewhere around 900 million to a billion people in Latin America? I mean, one eighth of the world's population? Yeah, right now in 2018, so I don't know what it is now, I looked at it last in 2018, we're closing up on 700 million uh, Latin Americans in the new world. Okay, 700 million, so uh, a little, about, a, about a, uh, a tenth of the world's population is Latin Americans. And Joe, describe, first of all, Joe works for Answers in Genesis. He's the director of the Latin American Outreach for Answers in Genesis, taking all these amazing resources, all this amazing content, and actually getting it into Latin America. They host conferences, they host uh, uh, big events, big crusades, um, and I'll, I want you to talk about these things, but bottom line is they're able to do things in Latin America that we almost can't do here in America anymore, and it's because of this reformation that's taking place right now in Latin America. Joe, I, dude, the floor is yours. Tell us what all's going on in Latin America right now. Yeah, well, you know, very a lot of people, you know, don't know this connection, but Christopher Columbus was contemporary of Martin Luther. And they lived around right around the same time, uh, different countries, but um, they could have met each other, in other words. Um, and and just to, to know that uh, Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand that, that, that um, financed his, his voyage, well, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella, their grandson is Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor and King of Spain, the same one who um, who made Martin Luther an outlaw. So, yeah, the King of Spain, who's also the Holy Roman Emperor, uh, who made Martin Luther an outlaw, fought against the Protestant Reformation. At the same time, people are coming to the Americas. And so there was a Contra Reforma uh, where they wouldn't allow the gospel to get to Latin America. And so it's, and then not until the, the, independence of Latin American countries um, and the, I think, I believe the 19th century. 
And then not until then with the new constitutions became lay states, what they're called down here, where now the Roman Catholic Empire cannot uh, prevent the gospel, but it didn't come into effect until the 1990s and reforms. So and all Latin American history, not until the 1990s, uh, could you really legally um, uh, uh, preach the gospel. That's why the few evangelical churches before the 1990s are property of the U.S. government. I mean, of the Mexican government. Uh, First Baptist Mexico City, I've taught there many times. It's a government building. They were not allowed to have uh, any, any buildings. They had no rights. And um, so it, it's, it's kind of like we're all living. And, you know, most of us here were born before 1990, around 1990 or right after. And so we're all in a very interesting time in history where the gospel is finally coming in and uh, it's exploding. And it's, it's kind of a cool uh, era of church history to belong to. I mean, it, it, to, to look back now on the Protestant Reformation and watch the explosion of the gospel and uh, the coming out of the, um, uh, I mean, I don't want to be too mean here, but to come out of the strict control of the Roman church saying, we will tell you what the Bible says and you have to trust us and pay us for penance and all, all these different things that the Protestant Reformation said, wait a minute. You know, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's by faith. It's not of works. And all these things that came out, we're just now seeing this happening. I mean, what we what happened 500 years ago that we've studied in church history is happening right now in Latin America. And that is encouraging and mind-blowing all at the same time. So what kind of stuff are you guys seeing and how are you guys being a part of this? Well, yeah, we're seeing a lot of good and bad. Uh, but just like when you say church history, you see also... A lot of bad happening too is they're trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, um, a lot of the good is that I get I t- what when schools were still open, they're starting to open them up again. I teach in an average, and this is no exaggeration, of fifteen you know public universities per year. I get to go wow. in, even in professors. Uh, right before the the pandemic started, uh, I did three debates in national universities. Uh, with their professors, and and even though there are atheist groups, you know, security had to get us out of one in Colombia. Is that atheist groups are causing trouble and yelling and threatening, and um, but it's still it's still a little bit more open. And, and, and let me tell you why really quick on that. The reason is is uh, the you know this tolerance movement, relative all truth is relative that we're going through right now, uh, that started well all the way back in Genesis three, but more if you go more recent history. Uh, with the Renaissance and humanism, and it goes all the way down to nihilism and existentialism, and then this relativistic idea. Well, it's not popular in Latin America to be a straight-out atheist because of relativism and tolerance and all that. So I'm going up against professors that call themselves believers, but they say that the God, and I'm quoting uh, the last professor I debated, the God hypothesis of the Bible has failed because it doesn't deal with the real problems, which is climate change and social justice. And so we need a more of a community and natural theology, which I'm not using that the way it was used in church history. That's what we call it a natural theology. So it's, it's, it's mother earth, uh, animism and social justice, uh, which is a liberation theology. And so they don't call themselves atheists, but they are. And so there's all this syncretism because the globalization of last century, this century, internet, news, 
the UN kind of now kind of controlling what goes into the academic realm that's in Latin America here just as much as it is in Europe and America. You have this syncretism where people really don't call themselves atheists, even the, the you know, the, the biggest skeptics. Um, they're believers, but believers in Mother Earth. And so they are Christians, and uh, the, according to them. And this professor said to me, just as my Jesuit priest used to tell me, Matthew 25 with the sheep and goats means it doesn't matter what you believe. It matters how you treat people in society. And so are you seeing how they're just taking little parts of parables to come up with a new new faith, supposedly? And that's what I'm dealing with a lot in Latin America. So that's some of the bad. But the good is, is that I can debate these guys where if I did that in the States, it'd be on the news. I get in trouble. Um, but the, and then some of the good is, is that... Uh, People are just very open. And I, I speak in a lot of churches and denominations on a national level where, for instance, with Genesis, they, they, had, they have different ideas about Genesis and mytho-history and all that, uh, like uh, um, we're hearing today. But I get to talk them through it. They just never considered it because it's all new. And I just had a, a, a seminary and university president in, in Brazil uh, just three months ago, tell me I had all different ideas about the Bible and about, you know, about the historicity of events. But since you started teaching it here, I, I've, I've had to repent of it, you know. So it's not that people aren't as hardened as you may find in the States where this is my position. You all must be a bunch of fundies or, you know, where they do a lot of ad hominem there. Right. People are a little bit more open down here because their ideas have not been dogmatized in their hearts so hard. Uh, where they're just learning these and are opening, they're open to see new new ideas. So I, I've seen just a lot of people come more out of a liberal side back to a more biblical conservative side. And uh, and so it's exciting. I, I mean, I can't believe God's letting me have this much fun. <laughs> well, I'm gl so glad that your family is willing to let you, uh, your whole family is sacrificing so that you guys can do this and so you can be there. It is interesting over the last 15 years, watching the change in atheism in America go from a dogmatic, we want people to be atheists, to more of this um, social justice. Um, they, they, want, they just want everything to be secular. So let's not use atheist as much. Let's just mean secular. Let's let government be government and not benefit any religion. And it, it's kind of interesting for me to watch that change in atheist minds as they're going, well, can we just... And ultimately, what they're still what they're still, you know, vying for is an atheist a neutral ground is an atheist ground, a ground saying there is no God, a ground saying that we shouldn't help religions out. So, when you're when you're talking about a reformation, you're talking about coming out of a strict Catholicism uh, hold, which it's had on Latin America, the Roman Catholic Church has had for centuries. Um, they're being loose from that. Is that freedom? Is that, um, I'm glad they're open. What are the options that they're going to right now in Latin America? Where, where are they headed when they, with this newfound freedom? Yeah, well, um, and, and, you know, just to, just to clarify one point, if I didn't say it earlier, they're coming out of a Catholicism with syncretism with witchcraft. Um, oh, I, wow. My, no, my, I didn't know that. that. My wife grew up with that, where they, 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 have a, a dried deer's eye on a baby's arm bracelet because a bad spirit will go into that and say the baby if someone stares at it. And but with how you cure that is do witchcraft and say our Father who art in heaven while you're doing it. It's all mixed in, 
and they have a saint death in Mexico, which is a grim reaper, which you pray, you make an altar in your home to the grim reaper and he's saint death. And they call him the same attributes as God, uh, which I don't want to repeat because it doesn't have the same attributes of God. Mm-hmm. And that, so there's a lot of syncretism here that they're coming out of. But so, but because I'm an animistic, syncret, uh, very mystical mixed with um, Roman Catholicism, when they're coming out, uh, a lot of people just they're seeing all these options like you, you you spoke about and and a lot of people went into this prosperity movement um, mm. for a while that's starting to break down they're having a great exodus from it right now because you have a uh, because the people are not coming out of poverty just the few ones who are preaching it are uh, t- taking advantage of them so uh, that movement in the late 90s early 2000s it ballooned I and mean, we have groups if you want to call them churches in uh, Colombia, I've been to with 15,000 people on a Sunday morning um, and these huge groups formed and they're having a great exodus. The second generation is, is leaving those. Um, and then also they have a very conservative uh, Christ centered preaching expository side growing very uh, heavily too, which is by God's grace. I believe we're on that one. Um, and, uh, and, and then also in South America, they're having some of the social ju- justice stuff, um, which is, let's just all come together. It doesn't matter what you believe about Christ, really, or about the word of God. Um, being Christian is just um, bringing justice into our society and equity. And um, I've been warning people in the States about that. I've been watching that in Latin America for a long time. And those people eventually deny the gospel completely. Wow. And so I pray that it doesn't happen in the United States, but it looks like maybe going that way. Um, so those are the different ones they have. Now, the, the, it ballooned the more prosperity, more humanistic, mystic side of it. And then you have these little conservative churches of 50 people and 15,000 people in, in those ones. Well, that inflation is starting to deflate right now. And they're having a great exodus from it uh, since about 2000. 2010 up to now and we're seeing uh, a lot of growth and seminaries jumping up everywhere um, theolo- good theological work being translated into Spanish um, and churches growing on a more Christ-centered um, trusting the word of God the inerrancy side of, uh, which I believe is true Christianity that's growing right now we're right in the middle of that and so th- I'm very excited so this is you'll hear numbers oh this huge explosion in evangelism in the 90s yeah but if but if you live and travel all through it like i do you see a lot of that was some of the false hope of an oppressed people and it didn't work out for them um but i I think the most growth in bible believing christ-centered believers is going on actually since about 2005 2010 till now and so this is the most exciting part we're in So when you take a group of people that have historically brought together a lot of kind of almost mysticism, uh, a spirituality kind of a, and, and you're now coming at them with, Hey, there is real science that teaches real truth. And God is the creator of that. It's not just a mother nature. Are they open to that? I mean, I think about, we, we just released the Genesis movie in Spanish, professionally dubbed throughout Latin America. It just got done with its theatrical release. And we're right now launching the DVD series into uh, into all of Latin America. So if you know somebody who speaks Spanish, 
man, uh, we're, we're ready for them to experience the science and the scripture at the same time through Genesis Paradise Lost. But I, I want to ask you about, like, is it possible to get those out there? But first, let me ask you, on the scientific side, bringing science and scripture together, is that something that people are open to uh, when we see so many people here in universities going, you know, they've been trained. It's got to be one or the other. You can't you can't have both. Where, where are you guys at down there? Yeah, well, it's a shock. Uh, it's a shock for people and a, and a, and a relief. Uh, you know, and, and the Gnostics, they have this dualistic system, which still exists, uh, where you have the material world and the spiritual world. All the spiritual world is intrinsically good. All the material world is intrinsically bad. And that kind of dualistic mindset is still throughout Latin America. Now, some say that's also in different parts. Well, yeah, but I'm not over there. I just know it's in Latin America. Um, where science is the material part, that's secular, that's this. When I'm in science and studying the natural world, uh, that's for the world and the, the, the experts to know about. But then on Sunday for the spiritual side, and I'm going to take spiritual little lessons from the Bible, but the Bible couldn't have anything to do with this. See, that's very dualistic. That's a form of Gnosticism. And then for you to show real science, uh, scientists, and then show that how that corroborates with scripture and historicity of, of events. A lot of people just, they go like, when in conferences, they do this. I see students, well, <laughs> they even use it. It really is mind blowing to them that these can come together. <laughs> yeah, and they, they've never heard of such a thing. Wow. Never heard of such a thing. Uh, and they have the sacred and secular mindset, the clergy and the lay a mindset from the Romanism in the past. And they want to, they believe that that's the way it just goes. So I can believe in evolution and materialism and naturalism when I'm studying. But then uh, I go to mass or I go to evangelical church and I worship Jesus. And I never think about or, or know the answer of why do they seem to contradict each other on a, on a foundational level. And that's why some people are more prone to where everything in the Bible just must be um, poetic, uh, spiritualize it more. Uh, because I don't know how to, um, you know, bring them together for them to work. So that it's dualistic that they oppose each other. And when you show that, no, actually, God is as much as the creator of the material world as he is as the creator of the spiritual, our spiritual uh, existence, and how they're both for his glory, and they, you know, and they're, and they're not two separate entities. Uh, it's, you just see people say, I've never thought about this uh, at all at all. And um, uh, I, it's exciting to watch that, that happen. And uh, so that is something, you know, like what you all are doing with, with this documentary or movie, it's, it's just, people just don't know, think about it at first. And you can see when the light turns on, the light bulb turns on it and people get very excited about it. So what are some different things that people can do to uh, help Latin America? Uh, what are like, I, I'm sitting here going, I wish Every church would write to any missionary that they've got in Latin America in a Spanish-speaking country and send them a copy of the Genesis Paradise Lost film in Spanish. Um, I'm, I'm wondering how do they, how do people get, in, if they know a missionary, how do they help that missionary get in touch with, with all the resources that you guys are providing? And, and then you've seen the Genesis movie. What do you think it could do in Latin America? Yes, well, you know, I would really like to encourage people watching historically, uh, a lot of people in mission groups and missionaries and churches with very great intentions. They've done great work in saying, just get the gospel to them, get the gospel to them. 
uh, without a lot of us understanding is that the gospel is encased in a whole worldview, mm-hmm. a biblical worldview. And so that's why we have some secretism in the evangelical world now, where people are adding trusting in Jesus to their already preformed worldview they had. And so uh, educational things like this movie uh, are what we really need down here is we need biblically um, uh, biblically sound biblical worldview showing the general revelation, which is science showing the special revelation, which is the word of God in Christ and showing how God is that they're not separated. There is not a dualistic system uh, for, for people to have a biblical world view. Uh, and that's what we need. And, you know, if you're not turning your back on preaching the gospel, was the gospels in that, in this presentation. Um, and, and that's what we need. You know, I've talked to so hundreds of people through these years, throughout the years and churches, whole huge churches where they cannot explain the gospel to me. Wow. And it's because they just heard a message of pray this prayer and trust in Jesus, but they don't know. Okay. Yes. I'll, you know, I already know I have a crucifix on my house. I'm going to stop just doing the ceremonial part and believe in him, but they have no biblical worldview. And so uh, just uh, um, if, if this is to go forward to a strong Christ glorifying church in Latin America, it's going to have to be through resources that teach, that teach. And, uh, and so I would encourage everybody to, to help get these resources down to Latin America. Um, we're not going to fix them. The problem we're just sending money for soup kitchens and stuff. Uh, we need um, we need educational resources like those of creation today and answers in Genesis and uh, how to get them there. Well, we have distribution points all throughout Latin America, um, um, and uh, we w- we're very excited about being able to distribute the, uh, these resources in this DVD. So, okay, so you said distribution points throughout. How does somebody go, okay, I know somebody down there. I want to get them hooked up with you guys. Uh, you know, for, for the Genesis movie, I mean, I, I, we want you guys to have that and, and distribute that down there. Uh, if you're in the States, I think creationtoday.org slash Spanish. If you're in the States and you want to get one and send it to somebody, we can ship that from right here. But to, to get it from you guys or to get a hold of you guys or anything like that, what's the best, best way for people to do that? Yeah, well, I, I, I believe uh, the best way is uh, because it, depending on what country it is, if you want a centralized location where we can put you in contact with the distribution point of that country, uh, um, maybe we can add this in the, in the bottom. Is in Spanish. You can yeah. write that uh, info, info for information, uh, in, info at respuestasenhenesis.org, which is the transliteration of answersandgenesis.org. Info at respuestasenhenesis.org. Um, uh, or email me at jowen at answersandgenesis.org. Uh, and we will put you directly in contact with, so because also too, if, if you want to invest, let's say, get some DVDs into a country, uh, get them to people you know or churches that you support in Latin America, uh, you, we, we want accountability too. You want to see how many they receive, make sure they received it. And so we'll get you in direct contact with the person who's going to put it in that person's hand uh, just uh, for accountability and for you to get the feedback you need. Man, guys, let's take this opportunity. I mean, we are thankful for what we have here, that we have the truth here. We have the opportunity now to help other people look back on this time in history and say, I'm so thankful 
the people of America invested in the education, the information, the science, and teaching us the science and the scripture, how God is the creator and the redeemer of mankind. We have that opportunity right now. I'm telling you, Joe Owen is somebody you want to support through Answers in Genesis. If you don't already have a giving budget towards missions or your church doesn't have, don't, don't even ask Joe to come to your church. Go to your church and say, hey, I heard about a guy who's doing work in Latin America and that's his full-time job. That's all he's doing. Can we support the work that he's doing? And Joe knows if it goes above his paycheck to $10 a week that uh, he just uses that for DVDs, right? Joe, you just, you guys will use no matter what comes in to spread the gospel in Latin America, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mile wide doors open and, and uh, we're just trying to push as many through it for the time God has that door open. We don't know how long it will be open because of globalism. Uh, it looks like Latin America within the next 20, 30 years, maybe at the same skeptical level as, as maybe Europe and, and the United States that's going that way. And so we have this window of opportunity and God, God has us living in that time. So what are we going to do with it? Yes. I mean, now is the time to pour on the coals, man. I just, how hot can we get this fire burning before, you know, globalism tries to, to quench it? How, how many resources, how many people can we get equipped and trained at this time right now? It's huge. You've got the people down there and you've got people in all, not just distribution points. You've got representatives in a lot of different countries and, and pastors that are taking this material and helping train other pastors. I mean, it, you've kind of already got a grassroots, um, um, education system going that's duplicating, right? Yes, and also Latin America, people are, are do, uh, it's what's something is brand new, uh, which is going on for a little bit in Mexico, but now in Latin America is homeschooling. is starting wow. in Christian schools um, because of gender ideology. People, a lot of people are pulling out. And so we are equipping Christian schools and home homeschooling groups all throughout Latin America right now, actually. Uh, I just wrote a book for a, a publisher in Latin America on gender ideology and uh the gay Christian movement, which is growing right now. And also my daughter, my oldest daughter, who is studying an undergrad in theology, her and I just are writing two books. We just finished the first for a publisher. Uh, one is for children. Why did God make me a boy? The next one is why did God make me a girl? But it's in the curriculum, gender ideology in all of Latin America, just got in all the curriculum. And so we want to have parents to have something to counter that with their children to reach their children. And so it's, it's, it's a dangerous time with that going on right now too, thanks to the UN. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and um, um, but we have to answer, and, and uh, we need to do it together. We need to do it together. You know. It is amazing to me that every single issue we face today, the whether that's LGBT, the the trans uh, transgender issues, all of these issues come back to this foundation in Genesis. Everything comes back to this foundation. And that's why this foundation is so important. Guys, would you please get involved and help build the, the right foundation in people's lives down there? Because it really can have a ripple effect that's much bigger than many other ripple effects that we can have around the world. There's other places we're working around the world and we're excited about. We've done the Genesis movie in the Philippines and in Japan and in um, um, uh, the germ, not germ, what's right next to germ, Poland. Um, anyway, we, we've been working on this, but this one in Latin America has the most potential for the biggest ripple that will go all the way to eternity. 
And so I'm just, I, I, Joe, I'm so thankful for the work that you're doing. The fact that you guys are investing your time, your energy, and your entire lives in making this happen. It's really, really cool. So thank you so much for doing that. What, uh, uh, one more time, what, what should people be doing right now to help, to help you guys and help the work that you're doing? Yeah, well, it's the, um, it, for instance, the, the, what you all did, you have it in Spanish, beautifully dubbed. I got to watch it and uh, get, help us get them down here um, and uh, to support even in South America. We can't ship the DVDs down there because they're going to get caught in customs. Uh, uh, so it's to help our points of distribution, maybe to print, I mean, to uh, burn the DVDs, if that's the correct term you use for it. Yeah, uh, to duplicate and replicate them. And I would, I, you know what, with that, I would like to do, if we could get enough of those, I would like to do a campaign of us going to these universities and hanging them out to students. Um, Dude, let's start a GoFundMe. Let's yeah. do a GoFundMe and let's, let's get a ton of DVDs right there for you to hand out at university. That would be amazing. That would be, yeah, that would be amazing. Great. We have inroads in these universities. I, one of our speakers in Latin America is the Dean of Marine Sciences at a university. Uh, and uh, just, just to start handing these out, we have all these contacts we built up over the year, over the years, and it would be good to get these in students' hands. Wow, what an opportunity. All right, um, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna try to do that. I don't know how it's gonna work, but I I'm gonna try to do great. that. And we're gonna, we're gonna try to support just getting as many DVDs as we can down there for you to, to use. So I think, guys, you know, the Genesis Paradise Lost film, if, if you haven't seen it, by the way, oh my goodness, you gotta go to Genesis Movie. Well, actually, here's a clip in Spanish of Genesis Paradise Lost. Check this out. Más de 150 años, una mentira convincente ha impedido que billones conozcan la verdad, la verdad de quiénes son, la verdad del por qué están aquí y lo más importante, la verdad de quién. Los creo. En realidad, solo existen dos posibilidades. Todo solo sucedió o alguien nos creó. En la escuela me enseñaron acerca del Big Bang, millones de años, y que el hombre evolucionó lentamente. La evolución tiene muchas consecuencias no deseadas en las que no todo el mundo ha pensado. No hay significado en tu vida. No hay razón para que existas. En cuanto empiezas a creer en la evolución, entonces se abre el campo que no tienes por qué confiarte en la Biblia. La evolución y sus millones de años son el mito más grande que se haya impuesto por la fuerza. No se trata de ciencia contra religión. Es una confrontación de cosmovisiones. Explora la evidencia. Experimenta la creación. Descubre la verdad. Porque la verdad los hará libres. Génesis, ciencia o ficción. I'm telling you, you need to help get this film 
all across Latin America, 700 million people. So we need 700 million DVDs, guys. That's a lot of DVDs across Latin America to allow them to experience this film. That'd be really, really cool. Joe, again, thank you. Thank you to Answers in Genesis. Thank you for the vision. Thank you for taking advantage of the opportunity. Um, I, I just, I want people to pray for you. Uh, so you. Uh, guys, write down the name, Joe, J-O-E, Owen, O-W-E-N. Tape that to your refrigerator. Maybe put that in your Bible. Pray for the work, Joe. And I know it's a, it's, you guys got a lot of people working with you, but uh, thank you, Joe, for what you're doing. Oh, really and, and thank you, brother. All I'm doing is giving out what you've done. And so <laughs> I'm not the originator of this, uh, of this, of these resources. If it wasn't for you all and, you know, Anson Genesis Creation Day, uh, I would just be down here twiddling my thumbs, uh, trying to kind of reinvent the wheel. And so uh, I'm really just taking what you've already done. And so thank you. Thank you for letting us get that into life. Well, and that just reminds me that we both are just so thankful for people just like you. It's ordinary people saying, I'm going to make a small impact all coming together that makes a big impact. Joe's able to do what he does because there are people that support a ministry like Answers in Genesis. Joe's able to take the Genesis movie because there's people that support a ministry like Creation Today, and we actually are able to, to make a bigger impact around the world together. So I know Joe's heart is just like mine. We're so thankful for people just like you that are willing to say, I'm going to give up my my." my going out to eat meal once a month and I'm going to take that 15 bucks once a month and I'm going to send that to a ministry that's making a difference. Guys, thank you. We really appreciate it. And as we celebrate a time to be incredibly thankful and we think about all the things we're thankful for, I know I agree with Joe. Most of all, we're thankful for Jesus Christ because without him revealing himself to us and us understanding the truth, we would be the lost souls that somebody else is trying to reach. Now that we've been redeemed, if you've been redeemed, wow, let's be about the Father's business. And this is a great way to do that. Joe, thank you, buddy. I love you, man. Brother, thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. God bless you and your ministry and your family. Our pleasure. God bless. Guys, I just want to say I am so thankful for those of you who partner with us. We love what we do here at Creation Today. Sharing the gospel and the truth of scripture with people around the world is awesome. While we, we truly believe that what we're doing is what God has called us to do, and he would find a way for us to do it and accomplish these tasks no matter what, we're just so grateful that you've decided to join us in this mission and on this journey. And so to all of our partners, we just say thank you. For those of you who aren't yet partners, if you'd go to creationtoday.org slash partner, I'd love to show you how you could get involved in spreading the gospel around the world. Now, uh, my friend Adam, the evangelist, <laughs> he's still over there preaching. Uh, I had no idea that my simple question would set him on a full-blown, old-fashioned sermon. So uh, we'll, we'll go back to Adam, and you can watch as much as you want. Enjoy. Listen, if Martin Luther had the strength and the courage to stand against the church of his generation that needed reformation, is there anyone listening in today that's got the courage inside of them to take a stand for truth, even if it's not gonna be popular, even if it's not gonna be accepted by today's church? 
We are always gonna be in need of a reformation as a church as long as human beings are leading the church because we're, we're flesh and blood. If the Galatian church could be bewitched, don't you think that today's church could be bewitched? If Revelation chapter two and three, where Jesus is speaking to the seven churches, if he saw a need for those churches to be corrected, don't you think we too need also correction? Let's fight inside of us for truth. Let's fight for truth with everything that we've got because it is truth that will set our nation free. We can't tackle the physical problems of our generation just with physical solutions. It's going to take a spiritual, spiritual solution to tackle a spiritual problem. And friends, that's why the gospel must be preached because the gospel can tackle physical problems in a spiritual way. What we would try to do physically would amount to like Moses just setting free one Hebrew slave. But when we encounter a church on fire, like Moses encountered the bush on fire, God can speak to us. And in our weakness, in our stuttering, in our inabilities, like Martin Luther, even up against an entire culture and an entire generation, we can do anything for God. And we need Pharaoh to be put on notice in this generation. We need Moses type individuals that are willing to stand up to Pharaoh and, and reliance on Egypt and the Egyptian ways and the Egyptian strategies and the Egyptian budgets and the Egyptian mentalities and say, we are not gonna rely on human endeavor. We're not gonna rely on our, on our building programs. We're not gonna rely on the advancement of our names and the names of our churches. This is not about us. This is about the name of our God, the Most High God. This is about Him receiving all glory from our lives. Is there reformers listening in today? You know, the Roman Catholic Church turned October 31st into the day of remembrance of the dead and, and the demonic influence because they saw Martin Luther as a demonic threat to their church. They saw Martin Luther as a demonic threat to their programs, to their business. He was not good for their business. And so they made October 31st a memory of the devil and demons when really, friends, as the Church of Jesus Christ, October 31st should be the day we celebrate with everything we've got that a man was willing to stand against tyranny, stand against heresy, stand against foolishness and wickedness and say that his conscience would not be deterred from scripture. His conscience was captive to scripture. And my friends, this is a generation where young men and young women must rise up with a conscience that is captive only to scripture, not to our seminaries, not to our denominations, not to our churches, not to our teachers, our pastors, or our preachers. We must be held captive to scripture and scripture alone because it is scripture and scripture alone that is the answer to the problems of our generation, not our politics, not our wisdom, not our ingenuity, not our strength, but the truth of scripture being preached in an unadulterated way. It will drive out devils and demons. We must not forget where we came from as Protestant believers in Jesus Christ. We must not forget where we came from and we must not forget that doctrine is essential for salvation. It doesn't matter how many chill bumps a Mormon gets without salvation through faith in Christ, they are going to go to hell. 
The Jehovah Witnesses are going to go to hell if they don't repent. You can't revise the Bible hundreds of times to make it fit your doctrine and think you're going to heaven. And friends, this may be challenging to those that are listening on in America, but the Roman Catholic doctrine cannot save the soul of a Roman Catholic. And let me tell you something, friends. Jesus never called one of his apostles priests. He never called one of his disciples priests. No, not even one of the Aaronic priesthood was called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus was doing away with the priesthood. And when he died upon the cross, the veil that separated mankind from the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom to show all of the human race. There is no longer a human mediator between us and God, but Christ is the mediator. Christ is the priest. And we can go to God through Jesus. That's why the veil was rent from top to bottom, because there is no longer a priest between man and God but Jesus Christ. And we believe as Protestants believers that in the priesthood of all believers, any man that puts faith in Jesus Christ has access to the Father like the high priest had access to the Father in the Old Testament. And we can know God, not just know about him or know him from somebody else, but we can know him for ourselves. That's what Christ accomplished when he shed his blood at the cross. And I plead with you today, friends, let's rise up with conviction and evangelize the Roman Catholics. Let's evangelize the Mormons. Let's evangelize the Jehovah Witnesses. For if they do not repent and they stand before God based on the doctrine that they believe in, they will not have assurance of eternal life. This is why we preach with passion. This is why we take our words so serious, friends. What's more serious, adding years to a physical life here on this planet or offering eternal life that saves the soul forever? Friends, we must sober up as preachers and teachers and believers in Christ. Sober up the message we've got. Doesn't just add years to someone's life like a surgeon's does or like a doctor's does. Our message is far more serious than what a surgeon does, far more serious than what a doctor does because our message holds in the balance eternal life and eternal darkness. And friends, it's only in the place of prayer that God can break our hearts for souls and put a seriousness in us for the hour that we are living in as the church of Jesus Christ. We need reformers like Eric Hovind. We need reformers like Creation Today that constantly are communicating the truth of scripture in the generation that we are living in today. Support Eric Hovind, support Creation Today. Financially contribute to a ministry in this hour that are a part of the reformation of the Western church in the generation that we are living in. The reformation is beginning in the Western church and we desperately need a reformation in the Western church. It is too late for us to try to experience heaven on earth. I'm not here to experience heaven on earth. I'm not selling out my soul like Judas did for a few pieces of silver so he could have a nice life. Look how he ended making silver God of his life. Look at how he ended making gold God of his life. There is no end to the materialism uh, gods of this generation other than death and suicide. Friends, today it is time to abandon ourselves to the glory of Jesus Christ 
and preach his gospel until tears pour down our face for sinners that we are preaching to. This hour is now. This reformation is now. And you can be a part of that reformation in this generation by supporting Creation Today and Eric Hoven because he is a part of this great reformation. We are not revolutionaries. We are not rebels. There is nothing in us that wants to tear the church down. We love the church more than anything else, but we love the church enough to tell the church the truth. And friends, those that tell us the truth are the ones that truly love us. Flattery is not love. I don't care how much flattery you get. Remember this, friends. Flattery is not love. Real love tells you the truth, but flattery is not love. Telling people what they want to hear is not love, but telling people what they need to hear is the greatest love we can ever show somebody. Telling people what they need to hear is the greatest love we can express. Don't use flattery in your evangelism. Don't tell people what they want to hear. Friends, with conviction from scripture, tell people what they need to hear and love them all the way into the arms of God in the name of Jesus. God bless you, everybody. From all of us at Creation Today, we pray you have a happy Thanksgiving.